Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, away we go here on this Tuesday, November the 19th. It is 2019, and welcome in to The Grid. It is sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. Who's that part of the day where we look to help you make it rain? And we are loaded here tonight, of course, in uh, in action all over the leagues, including a whole bunch of, if I'm not mistaken, the buffet here is getting bigger. 49 college basketball games, 11 NHL games, four NBA games, and a pair of college football Mac action games coming your way. Get ready for the craziness. Get ready for the lunacy. Mac action football back tonight, uh, and I could not be happier. So much fun there. But, of course, we had to finish not only week 11, in the NFL last night in order to prepare us for week 12. We also have now it's getting really fun in college football here. The matchups this week getting real interesting. Now we'll have, of course, the new playoff committee uh, ranking coming out. Um, now it's going to start to get a whole lot of fun, a lot of arguments, a lot of people yelling and screaming. Uh, but ultimately, the good news is week 13, week 14, it really, really does start to play itself out on the field. And anytime you got urgency, uh, we love it. And there was some urgency last night in Mexico, Mexico City. And the urgency for both of these teams, believe it or not, to want to keep pace with the Oakland Raiders of all teams. The Raiders are the ones sitting home last night, eating popcorn, Gruden yucking it up, laughing having his Coronas and going, yep, we'll just see here. You guys can catch us now sitting in the driver's seat because a loss by the Kansas City Chiefs created total chaos and pandemonium. And uh, let's face it, Kansas City, you're both heading into your bye week. It would be nice to be able to keep pace uh, with the Raiders there and maintain your control because it's kind of been an up and down season for the Chiefs. And ultimately, when it was all said and done, the MVP of this game is Phillip Rivers for the Chiefs. Rivers steps up into the pocket, and that ball is intercepted. Here's Tyron Matthew utilizing blockers in front and inside the 10. Yeah, one of just uh, one, two, four interceptions on the night for Phillip. And I swear, Dane, it's like deja vu. You and I had this conversation about him, it feels like, two Thursday nights ago where, oh, yeah, he threw three interceptions, and we both looked at each other and said, I don't know if it's father time, but something is not right with Phillip Rivers. And the extra days off didn't appear to help him, man. There's still something wrong with Phillip Rivers. Yeah, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Degenerates here on Make It Rain. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. And we welcome, of course, our Pluto TV audience uh, checking out the grid. 
helping you get a little bit of extra cash for the holiday season. Joe, you're absolutely right. I, I really I remember saying this a couple of weeks ago. It, you know, Father Time is undefeated. Okay. And I also remember we talked about this, Joe. Sometimes it happens quickly. You fall mm. off the edge quickly. And Joe, Rivers now has seven picks in his last two games. He has 14 picks on the season, second only to Jameis Winston. I'll go even further, Joe. In his last 60 starts, Joe, Rivers has 58 interceptions. That's pretty much won a game. In his last 60 starts, before he was eventually benched for the rookie, Eli Manning had 54, four less. It happened quick for Eli. It happened quick for Peyton. It can happen quick. Joe, I think Phillip Rivers is no longer a starting caliber NFL quarterback. I believe that if Andy Dalton or Marcus Mariota or maybe even Terod Taylor were the Chargers quarterback, this team would be better than the four and six record it wakes up to today. There is a, uh, and it's because we just we just chalk it up to being the Chargers, but there is a a level of dysfunction in that organization, guys, that doesn't get talked about a lot because of the stability that you know a 13 year quarterback like Philip yeah. Rivers brings. He's been the face of the organization, but I got to tell you, from Ken Wisenhut being fired to mm. whoever this new guy is calling uh, plays to, and really it starts, I think, with Anthony Lynn where I don't see a whole lot of adjustment from week to week with this offense. It's as if they started with a playbook, everybody gets hurt, like the offensive line, everybody, they're mixing, matching, and yet they made zero adjustments. It's the same damn play calls over and over and over, and it ain't Melvin Gordon's fault. It's got nothing to do. I mean, I you're down to backup linemen, and that's never a good situation. Everybody's hurt. But yet that playbook seems to be the same old, same old. And I think, listen, defensive players, you watch the damn tape. Did it look like Kansas City was fooled by anything uh, they brought to the table last night? Because they really weren't. In fact, four interceptions later, they kind of knew exactly every time they needed to play, they knew what was coming, and I think that's a direct reflection of the coaching staff and their inability to create anything different to confuse one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, that's fair, but I, I go back to Rivers, though, Joe. I mean, the weapons are there, you know, and they can make plays. Phillip Rivers is not getting them the ball, and then to boot and add on to it, he's yelling at everybody, Joe. He's yelling at linemen. He's yelling at refs. At some point, he's got to look in the mirror. I'm telling you, even when they did move the ball, and honestly, for a lot of the game, they were able to move the ball 20-20, to 20, Joe, but, you know, Melvin Gordon via the run, Eckler out of the backfield. Austin Eckler continues to be a revelation for this team, right?
right? And when they do move the ball at the end of the game, it's Mike Williams making tremendous diving, you know, jumping catches on what is, in essence, Phillip Rivers chucking it up 50 yards, okay? One time, Phillip Rivers did chuck it up 50 yards, and he got picked off. He's going back to the sideline. He's like, eh, no problem. It's just like a punt. It's And technically, that's true, but really, they're just relying on their playmakers to go out and make crazy. Hunter Henry with ridiculous catches. Keenan Allen running after the catch. You know, yes, they are not the most creative right now in the world but they're in this game their defense forced four Chiefs punts to end the game and give Rivers chances he ain't coming through uh, you can't have seven one score losses on a season without having to take a look in the mirror yourself there from the coaching staff because a lot of that is on you guys <laughs> Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. So the NFL Week 11 comes to a close last night in uh, in Mexico City. As the AFC West, uh, Chiefs Chargers uh, did some battle there. And what a shock. Following along the same lines all week, another favorite actually wins the game there last night, putting just a total exclamation point on what was a bloodbath over the weekend for sports books, uh, that line actually even got bet up all the way to six. And that's what it closed at there uh, last night as the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they did cover, although what was a four, four and a half line for much of the week bouncing back and forth. There was a lot of late money coming into that game last night. And once again, boom, minus six cover Kansas City. So that means favorites finished this week, nine, four and one against the number. And that is their best favorites wise because underdogs have dominated through 10 weeks. But that is without a doubt the best week of the season for favorites, which also in turn means it was the best public week end of the year because a hundred dollar better taking just about every favorite on the spread. Uh, they you would have walked away with about 500 bucks in your pocket here. And no doubt last night was absolutely devastating to a lot of the books. You're talking seven-figure losses, guys, on both coasts because wow. of all of the parlay money tied to what the Kansas City Chiefs were there. A lot of very live parlay tickets heading into last night. If the books ever needed Phillip Rivers to pull his head out of his ass or the Chargers to do so, it was last night. But uh, there were some monster numbers, uh, six-figure wins by you know, four-team, five-team parlay numbers that are coming out on both coasts where I believe the FanDuel, it was reported nearly a million dollars in losses uh, just because of that game last night in San Diego. So congratulations to the public. I can tell you this, you won't see panic in sportsbooks' faces because, guys, it's very simple. They know 
That money the public just won now, mm-hmm. it's going back on. It's going to burn a hole in people's pockets, man. They are going to double up, triple up, get ready to rock and roll. Not only tonight, Mac action, college basketball. You get a little, uh, you get a little ahead of the game, Dan. You know how it works. They're going. Yep, yep, let's go ahead. Let's throw a couple of bucks on this uh, Mac action football game here tonight. But be smart. That's why we always talk about bankroll management. You know, you, you get a good weekend, and if you guys did pound it this weekend and you were very chalky and it won, congratulations. Make sure you put a little something to the side for a rainy day or for a play that you really, really like. That might be coming up this week, and there's plenty of them. But there was one spot, Dane, last night that the uh, the pros and the book did win at least some of the money back. And that was the total, which is something sure. that, um, you know, I've been harping on for the last week about the altitude and the field yep. and the yep. question marks and the idea of styles and matchups. Three quarters of those uh, bets coming in all week long, pounding the over because most people thought, it was going to be a shootout. Can't take the under in a Kansas City Chiefs game. Well, you, you can on a primetime game. You can you can in a place that's 2,000 feet above Denver. And, oh, yeah, um, you trust the people working that field? Because I sure as hell didn't. And it was quite obvious ball control uh, was going to be part of that game plan last night. And, listen, Chargers, for all your faults, you executed perfectly. Patrick Mahomes had the single worst first half of mm-hmm. this year, uh, guys, going just absolutely terrible. Eight of 15. Didn't even throw for 100 yards. Listen, he, he didn't. He threw under 200 yards. It wasn't like he had a banner half in the second half either. And the stat line, they, they dominated the Chargers. Time of possession, yardage. They were getting chunk plays, running the ball, you know, pushing the clock. Everything they needed to do in order to win that game, except for the seventh time this year, win the game, Dane. But the under proved to be the profitable, both first half, and, you know, I love my first half unders. Uh, The first half and full game proved to be the sharp play, the sharp side, because there just wasn't, to me, and once Tyree, and I knew it was good, Dane, you know what, when when Hill went out, when Tyreek Hill went out in the second play with a hamstring, I said, they've got nobody to stretch this field now. Plus, can we all agree that that uh, the Chargers' defense is better than people give it credit for, especially in the back half? Because they're the reason they were even in that game for as long as they could. Think about that. Four turnovers, Dane, and that defense put them in a spot to win that game late, which is I don't know what else you can ask from that defense. Yeah, that's what I was saying before, Joe. I mean, this defense forced four straight Kansas City punts to end the game. Phillip Rivers, after each interception, you know, you thought it was over. Boom, the defense holds, and Rivers gets another chance. He Mm. literally got four bites at the apple if he was going to convert on any of them. The Chargers defense did their job. Melvin Ingram and Joey Boza continue to be, for me, one of the best pass-rushing duos in all of the NFL if not the absolute best, Joe, especially, you know, with Bradley Chubb being out for Denver, I, I really yeah. do believe Bose and Ingram are one of the best pass rushing combos. You said it. There was there was a point in like the second quarter, Joe, where Mahomes had more rushing yards than passing yards. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And, you know. The defense did what it was supposed to do. That's why I go back to Phillip Rivers turning the ball over as the critical thing of this game. All right. The other point is 
you know, we I was doing in-game live with Gabe yesterday, and we were talking about the altitude and the field, and that was important for me also. And you saw players slip in when they were trying to cut, you know, not being able to convert first downs, trying to make a move before the marker. And what you also saw was Tyreek Hill and others go out with, like, cramps and muscle things. And to me, that was part of the altitude. Remember, the Chargers went over there and practiced, like, at altitude in Colorado Springs. The Chiefs were like, nah, we're good. And then really quickly, early in the game, you had Chiefs cramping with muscle mm-hmm. stuff like Tyreek Hill. I think that could have been part of the altitude as well. There's real impacts there. Yeah, and it was, again, 2,000 feet above what Denver is, guys. Yeah. And we know the advantage that Denver gets, certainly, uh, playing at home. In that stadium, Joe, yeah. it is it's... like you get winded just climbing the stairs to your seat. Yeah, Andy Reid said after the game it was hysterical. Like he was on the sideline, he said even my lungs were burning. So he yeah. was uh, he was pretty impressed with what his players were able to work through. But I don't think enough credit is given also to uh, you have Desmond King and you have Casey Hayward yeah. Jr. Casey Hayward. Two two members of that secondary in the Chargers organization, guys. They are. I mean, which is it's unfortunate. I know they're going to get a little help. They're on the bye. They're gonna. They're still. Four and seven at this point. They are getting um, some help there. But uh, these two guys were – it wasn't a great matchup even if uh, if uh, Tyreek Hill was there because of that secondary. And I think – we talked about it from the Chargers side, guys. But anybody that thinks this is the same old, same old Kansas City Chiefs this year, guys, you're not paying attention. While they do have some weapons and while they can be explosive – um, yeah, no, guys, that's not what you're getting like what we got last year. It's so funny how we're so influenced. You know, people are still, Dane, how many times this week did you hear, you know, you remember that Monday night game last year where they scored 900? Guys, that sure. was a million years ago. It might as well have been a million years ago. It's got absolutely nothing to do with the makeup of this team right now and what this organization is going through. There are still, on that offensive line, there are some deficiencies. And, yes, I don't care what you say, the knee, the ankle, he is not 100%. He's not going to be 100% for the rest of the year. year. So we need to get used to that, guys. But that offensive line, there are definitely, I think, some defenses as well, Dane, in the AFC that, to me, it's all about matchup, right? There are some defenses, like, uh, like the Chargers showed you, that can match up pretty well against even Patrick Mahomes in this uh, in this season. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams have put out the blueprint, right? You know, we've seen not only defensively to be able to stuff them, but the idea of being able to run on them to keep Patty Mahomes on the sideline. We saw Houston do it in Arrowhead. We saw Indy do it in Arrowhead. Yep. The Chargers yep. did a lot of the job that they needed to do, except, you know, turning the ball over way too many times. But that's yeah. the way to beat Kansas City, and teams yep. can do it. There, there was a monster, one wild card, you know, monster profit that cash last night. Hopefully you guys were on it. I know I wasn't. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here today. We'll play that for you coming up. Yeah, I know. Neither was Dave. Neither of us would be here. I was on a lot of them. 
Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Full-time fantasy. If you're Colin Kaepernick, are you cool with the NFL filming it, cutting it up into shreds, and sending it out as a video? So you make 60 throws, right, give or take. What if they choose the worst five? What if they throw the one where you miss the guy by 20 feet? If you don't trust the people that you work with, why would you put them in a position where they could screw you? Weekdays, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. So I want to invite you guys, of course, to find us on YouTube at the Sports Grid Network. Make sure you subscribe to us. Hit that little bell up in the corner there. Get notified every time a piece of fantasy or sports wagering content hits YouTube. Or make sure you check out the highlights all the time on Instagram at Sports Grid TV. And, of course, welcome those of you joining us via Pluto TV. How cool is this? Pluto TV now at channel 517. Welcome into the grid, the sports grid family, as uh, all 20 million of you, in fact, there, 20 million active users on Pluto. Uh, it's time to make some money. And uh, that's basically why the show is called Make It Rain, because that's exactly what we look to do. And even a better opportunity, plenty of games here tonight. Maybe it's time for you guys to get in the game with a DraftKings Sportsbook account because if you're listening to us and watching us right now, you can get a deposit bonus of up to 500 bucks. And here's how it works. You just create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. You make a deposit, go ahead, place your first bet. DraftKings, they'll match it with a 50% bonus of up to 500 bucks. Now, the offer is eligible for all users, but if you're a new user, you got a risk-free bet of up to 200 bucks. Head over to sportsgrid.com forward slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com forward slash DK. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Check out the website for details. So I had mentioned there was uh, a crazy prop last night. And it's so funny, Dane, with these things, you know, especially in DFS, right, in Mm -hmm. fantasy, all of a sudden, we watch what the winning lineups are, right, afterwards. And we're like, you got to be kidding. Like, I, wha- I, I could have thought, you know, it's not some re- – like, why in the hell didn't I think of it? Well, last night, um, the first TD prop went to Shady McCoy, of all people, who I am shocked uh, more people did not have. But LaShawn McCoy coming off a bye week of his own, a little load management last week. Uh, and thank goodness, because uh, they were dropping like flies last night. But he was plus 1,800 to score the first TD of the game. And it was so funny. I, I'm watching people. It seemed like everybody had everybody else known to mankind except for Shady McCoy. And I'm like, it's so funny that we sometimes we overthink the situation here, Dana, especially with props and DFS. Sometimes the... Best answer is the simplest answer. 
count on, the, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw it. Just put the running back in, especially the guy who came off the bye week here, which is what he had a load management game. Shady McCoy, you know, getting down and dirty there in the goal line, scoring that touchdown, plus 1,800 for those of you that backed him. Congratulations. Yeah, so, Joe, um, I had that, but in a different way uh, because there were, I, when I was looking on FanDuel, because of him being kind of in mothballs um, mm. and getting the quote-unquote healthy scratch or the load management or the rest week, it depends on who you ask, right? And that really came because of a third-quarter fumble a couple of weeks ago. But I was on that in a different way, similar to how on Sunday I was giving out the Adrian Peterson under because I thought Geis was going to be back in the equation. I thought... Shady would be back in the equation, and so I took the Damian Williams under prop, uh, which was at 55 and a half yards, and that hit as well. They didn't even have Shady on the board for a lot of the mm. props because apparently they thought it was all Damian Williams, but he was a part of this. A lot of people thought that he was just in the doghouse because of the fumble. Then it came out, Andy Reid was just like giving him a, a week of rest to be fresh and that it was sort of um, – plan so not only did he get the first uh touchdown but he was outshining to be quite honest damian williams and then we should note although the chiefs do have a bye next week damian williams left with a rib injury shady mm. mccoy was treated they think he's in the concussion protocol so they're gonna be a banged up unit you know about tyree kill already and their next game is a huge afc west tilt against the raiders they do have a week off to prepare with the bye but uh yeah they were banged up a little bit but shady was looking like the week off did him good, refreshed him a bit. Yeah, get um, it's interesting because both of those teams head into uh, a bye week now. And for the Chargers, they can you certainly use it to uh, get a little bit healthy and do whatever they can do when they come back. Uh, they definitely need the time off. And uh, KC, with all those injuries they racked up there, also could use it. And we all know, guys, just remember, because I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot next week, the Andy Reid uh, record coming off oh, a bye wow. is actually pretty damn impressive. Only so is the dude he's going to be playing there in week 13, that being John Gruden and the Raiders. So that's going to be a monster matchup coming up. But uh, I think both of those teams right at the right time. I think there is something to be said, Dane. Are you better off? You know, this time of year with the bye as opposed to maybe early on some teams Love having it early on, give them a chance to take a look, then kind of regroup in, right. in weeks, you know, five, six, and seven. Other teams, you know, some people hate this late in the season because they're either just working, you know, they're getting into a groove, they don't want to mess with anything. So it's interesting, but I, I do think because of how prevalent injuries are uh, and always have been, but the late in the season, I, I don't know if I give it an, uh, an edge. I don't know if I'm crazy about it having it week 11, 12, or 13 type of situation. Yeah, it's a case-by-case -case basis for me, right? You know, if your team is looking at its wounds and can use the week off to get 100%, you definitely like it getting ready for a stretch run. I can also understand if you've, you know, won your last three games, mm. you don't want to stop, right? You want to keep that momentum going. So I do think it can go either way. On balance, though, if you're a team that has designs on the playoffs or is in the playoff race, I do believe the idea of the late buy is a good thing so that you can get fresh for the stretch mm. run. Now think about it. The Chiefs, for example, their next game is against the Raiders, right? And that, in essence, is a game for first place in the AFC West and a probably a playoff spot, right? 
But I'm sure the Chiefs right now, when they wake up this morning, if Tyreek Hill needs a little bit of a blow because of that hammy, you know, Shady McCoy with a potential concussion, that's usually a one-week injury where you miss the next week. And Damian Williams with that ribs, you know, they would rather have their full complement. Much better chance of that happening in week 13 against the Raiders than if they had to turn around in six days. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it, those that think there's a distinct advantage one way or the other. I, I think it all evens out depending on the, the type of team. I don't know that uh, you uh, we'll look at a schedule, Dane, early on and be like, wow, they got their bye week. Oh, this yeah. is going to be that that's screwed. No, not not necessarily. It really it really does depend on the team. Of course, the level of injuries. Uh, I do think it it always at the end of the 17 weeks. I think it all evens out for everybody. I wouldn't necessarily say that we're finding ourselves with a monster advantage one way uh, or the other. Uh, but there are some teams, obviously, that uh, that have had it here over the last couple of weeks, like the New England Patriots uh, coming off their bye week, doing what they have done a million times before, taking care of the uh, of the Eagles. The Eagles, to their credit, you know, had been, also been pretty good under Doug Peterson coming off a bye, but unfortunately. One team showed up, or at least defense showed up there, um, while the other really didn't. And, man, the Brady thing won't go away. Like, Brady, people are reading into this Tom Brady thing uh, about his press conference, about his radio interviews, talking about how, I mean, you would never listen to Tom Brady over the last 24 hours and be like, that's a 9-1 team. Right. Like, because that's what they are. They're a 9-1 team. And I continue to hear that up. Uh, Looks like he finally looks like an old man. I I don't know how much of what's going on here with the Patriots truly falls at the the feet of Brady. I think they knew. I think Brady knew early on this year. Hence the whole go out and get A.B. and everything else that they can do. I think they knew they were in trouble offensively. I think they realized because Belichick's been doing this a long time, man. It's not like he couldn't look at that and go once Nikhil Harry, the draft picks, once they didn't get out and go get anybody in the in the offseason. They knew this was going to be a problem. And then, of course, you thin it offensive line. I don't care how good a coach you have. They've got problems, and it starts on the offensive line there. And then outside of Edelman, if he doesn't have anybody on the outside, he's not a wide receiver, Dane, that is so dangerous on his own. He needs somebody to be able to stretch the field in order to be able to open up for Edelman. They just don't have the horses here. So I think this might be the most interesting year uh, uh, Patriots Super Bowl run that we have seen uh, but I don't think it has anything to do with Tom Brady being 42 years old. Do you? No, not at all. Um, not at all. And first of all, this is also why, you know, they're nine and one also because of this defense that mm. has been, you know, tops in the league. We were talking, Joe, at the end of the first month of the season, they hadn't given up an offensive touchdown yet. OK, so uh, their defense is kind of masking some of the inefficiencies or warts of this offense. But we've seen it all year long. Tom Brady has been talking about it all year long. He hasn't been like happy or satisfied with what it looks like for the beginning of the season. And they knew it, Joe. And, and, mm. and you talk about Antonio Brown. Sure. They went out after the Raiders drama and still thought they needed Antonio Brown. Right. But even before that, Joe, they went out because they thought they needed Josh Gordon. 
who was that kind of wide receiver also, Joe. You're talking about the component of the offense, right? Being able to stretch the field and be that kind of threat. That's what Josh Gordon would have been also. That's what Antonio Brown would have been. They still weren't satisfied. They went out and were like, all right, if there's no true stud anymore, let's go out and get another guy that can do a lot of things for us. They go out and get Mohamed Sanu, Joe. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's an announcement on Instagram in about an hour and a half also. What is Gronk going to do? I I think there is no doubt here, guys, that the Patriots realize and have realized their limitations on offense. And I think what you're seeing for Brady isn't a him going, wow, I just I'm not as good as I used to be. I, I don't think this is father time. I think this is offensive line. I think this is a lack of weapons. Thank goodness for the defense. Uh, yep. But this is still a 9-1 team, Dane. They're still very much in the discussion here in the AFC. Can they put it all together? Going to be interesting, that's for sure. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Technique of shadow boxing. So some monster, uh, monster games coming up this week in week 12, Dane. I mean, some of these, uh, some of these matchups here are just are going to be so cool. And, it, you know, here we go. Week 12 in the NFL season, really starting to round into shape while you can't mathematically eliminate some of these mediocre teams like, uh, you know, the the Chargers, for instance, uh, these next couple of weeks are going to go a long way into figuring out, you know, who's a contender and, and who's a pretender. And I love, I mean, a couple of the Colts Texans. I mean, come on, it's going to be, it's going to be a battle. Uh, Panthers Saints, another divisional absolute battle. This week. And maybe just maybe the game of the week is going to be, I think between the Packers and the 49ers, man, on Sunday night, where let's face it, this is NFC supremacy. You've got the Packers that are what, eight and one. You got a 49ers team that is nine and one. And yet you got the Cowboys heading to the Patriots on Sunday night. I mean, there is, you know, Jags, Titans, there are monster matchups. Which one? Seattle, Philly, Philly. Yes. Yeah. Seattle coming across, you know, road dog, keeping in mind with that whole road dog theme to this sure. year, um, that puts the Cowboys in play, the Packers in play, the Seahawks in play. And I can tell you the early line movements, it, it's showing that, that, you know, there are a lot of people now starting to catch on here in week 12, Dane, where they're putting their money down on these road dogs. And it's amazing because yeah, being at home, Eh, just not what it uh, not what it used to be here. And I think that after on Monday, we're going to have a pretty good idea on maybe a little bit uh, better snapshot of what we're going to be looking at come January, because these matchups are monstrous. We got some good matchups. Absolutely. You know, I love it when as soon as on if you're watching a TV uh, game, they put up that playoff picture. Right. And you see the in the hunt. 
kind of teams. That's when you know it's real. The other thing that will start to happen this week to let you know it's getting to crunch time is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but this Packers 49ers game was flexed into yes. the Sunday night spot. It was, My in goodness. fact, originally that Seattle-Philly game, but they found the best matchup, and Packers-Niners, they will have as a nation uh, a national game on Sunday night for Michaels and Collinsworth. To me, that speaks to, you know, we're getting down to crunch time, but you talked about it. And, you know, all of these primetime games this week, you know, starting with Thursday in the Houston, Sunday night, Green Bay-San Fran, and then Monday night's a good one as well. Baltimore traveling as a road favorite traveling mm-hmm. to the Rams laying three and the hook on the road. Boy, does this country love Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Don't they though? It's like, <laughs> yeah, get, get going all on, all in there on Lamar. And uh, listen, can't blame we, <laughs> I can't blame him. I mean, what can you say? Point. The guy is, nobody seems to have been able to figure it out yet, except for, which is the strangest thing, you know, Cleveland of all teams were the only one to seem to have been able to corral him uh, to the point. Certainly wasn't Miami to open the season up. That should have been a precursor to tell us exactly uh, what to expect you think here. But would be okay as a more volume because they forced him into throwing the ball, right? Right, right, uh, right, right. right. You, but that yep. was early. That was in September, I do believe. Yep. Yep. Do you think the next time around? Because that's been our question, right? What happens when you see Baltimore or Lamar the second right. time? Yeah. I'm reminded right. of last year in the playoffs. The Chargers literally played three safeties as linebackers, right? And so I wonder if Lamar has made the adjustment, Joe. Because I've seen him stand and deliver from the pocket in the in the last few weeks. I've seen it happen. Do right. you think if teams try to do that, he is more capable? Has he evolved in the last, oh, I don't know, three months to be able to actually beat teams from the pocket? Well, the question is, if a team sees him the second time around here, which I think we all think is going to happen in the playoffs, because I'm not sure that has Pittsburgh played them yet. Uh, I'll double check, but I believe so. Let me see. Yeah, I'm sure that's coming because Pittsburgh's got that defense where Baltimore was at Pittsburgh week five. That's when remember um, that's when Juju fumbled in overtime. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So Pittsburgh is always going to be a, a clash and a and an issue for them. Uh, what kind of I'm interested to see what kind of adjustments do you make with Cleveland now since they they put the beat down on you there early on in the season? And then I think the big one really is going to be, OK, you'll really convince me is if you do meet Bill Belichick for a second time in January in a playoff situation because nobody yeah. beats him twice. So yeah. we know this, like, uh, you know, if anybody can figure out a way to force Lamar into uncomfortable positions, yep. it's Belichick. Outside of that, and maybe, of course, the divisional rival with Pittsburgh, who the hell else is going to, you know, uh, the first time seeing him, Dane, they really do have the leg up. I don't think we'll start to see the real adjustments from teams until next year. But it'll be interesting. We can all hope that. Give me a rematch with the New England Patriots. Let's see what they both cook up there because he's got a pretty good coach behind him as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, a lot of the guy, to me, all of the big boys that they may see, the Ravens I'm talking about, they have seen before, Joe. I mean, they were Mm. at Kansas City in week three. They played New England, right? They played New England. We saw that week nine on Sunday Night Football. They just played Houston, Joe. And, you know, I got to believe those – for me, those are the other division winners that they may see. They've, they've got Pittsburgh twice, of course, you know, so teams will be able to adjust. And you mentioned Bill Belichick. I'd also be willing to bet 
that Bill Belichick purposefully did not show all of his cards for this exact reason. He knows Lamar is a threat the same way he knew Patty Mahomes is a threat. He's got something special waiting for them. Yeah, and you know it, and I know it. It's it's all it's coming, man. It's uh, years it's, ago against it's the Ravens, going even in to the be playoffs. Fun. That's when they did that yep. like unbalanced line that yep. then Harbaugh was pissed off yep. about, and they had to change the rule. Belichick's got something waiting for the teams that he actually respects. Okay, yep. and Baltimore is among them. Yeah, big time. It's funny. It's we were reminded subtly again this past weekend with Belichick how. The man sees, hears, reads, knows everything. Uh, That comment about how the defense was having fun in Philadelphia, you think he forgot how Lane Johnson said last year how players don't have any fun playing for the Patriots? Do you Mm -hmm. think he forgot that? No, he didn't forget that, guys. In fact, when he goes in there and beats you at home, he subtly in total Bill Belichick fashion just wanted to remind everyone that, yeah, we played well. The guys were having fun out there. It's like so like brilliant, Bill, just absolutely brilliant. The man he's and you're right to to, he is already has been working on another game plan about the team because he knows who he's who's a matchup nightmare, who's not. So he knows already he's already prepping for what's coming in January, guys. There are games where he doesn't care, quite honestly, one way or the other, if he beats the Jets or beats it. What he needs to do, he knows who he needs to beat. And more importantly, Dane, he probably knows how to beat them. That's the bigger thing. Here's what I'll say. And this may seem like a stretch to you, Joe. Manny Ramirez, one of the greatest hitters I've ever seen, okay? He's admitted that purposefully Mm -hmm. in his first at-bat of a game, okay, he will purposely look silly on like a slider or something. Why? Because right. he knows then the pitcher will go back to it in his third at bat in the sixth inning and he'll be ready for it and he'll crank it 475 feet. He was actually a good enough hitter to seriously purposely do that, which is amazing, but I believe it. And that's the same kind of thing as Bill Belichick right now. You know, he's yep. throwing stuff out there purposefully because he knows then he could do the opposite and break that tendency when it matters down the line. He seriously yep. does that. So did Manny Ramirez, Joe. And it was absolutely crazy. It's it's amazing how they're wired and how they just they it's, you know, again, and it, it's a cliche, but you guys are playing checkers. This dude's playing chess, man. Like he's two or three moves ahead of you the entire time. And it'll be great to see how that works out. And really, I think also, you know, I think Belichick and and the Patriots are also shifted into this. If we're going to do this this year, we're, we're going to do it with defense. We're, we're going to have to do it with defense. And, you know, I think Brady knows. I think they're. Maybe the best part about this team is the fact that it's amazing how on the same page they are. Like, they realize what their strengths are, and we're going to have to win with it. And let's be reasonable. In January and February, what the hell is more important than having defense, right? It's You're going to win with defense in a winner-take-all kind of playoff format. You know, congratulations. You won 11-12 game. You're going to win the East, right? I don't think there's any doubt. So I don't think it matters, too, because of the defense. I think Patriots, they can travel, too. Defense travels. So, I don't, obviously, Foxborough, and I think we'll see it this week with Dallas coming to town. 
let's see. It hasn't bothered anybody else being a road dog, right? Road dogs winning all over the place. Yeah. What do you think Dallas can do against this defense? Um, listen, I got to tell you, I was wrong on Dak. I think they could be yep. productive. You know, they, they really have a, a new triplets, you know, yep. like Troy, Michael, and Emmett. Um, and they, they are doing it. And Dak, I, I mentioned it yesterday, Joe, Dak is now the fourth choice in the MVP race. And I've been saying it like he may be a quarterback now that is raising all boats instead of being one that needs all the pieces around him. He's having right. a great season. We'll see what happens. It'll certainly be a step up. When you're talking about the Patriots, Joe, you know what else they have? It's a running game, Joe. Mm. Remember last year in the playoffs? Their most productive player last year in the playoffs was Sony Michelle. Okay, right. he was scoring touchdowns left and right, running for 120 plus, and that's also because they know that in January it's a different kind of game, and they have been preparing for this, you know, for years now. They yeah. have been preparing for this, and the addition of Sony Michelle being a kind of between the tackles, punch you in the mouth runner is another piece of that because they know they need it in January. What did you think of the and I know a lot of guys in uh, in D.C. were making a whole lot of this. But, you know, that shot against the Jets of, of Dwayne Haskins kind of pleading with his offensive line to be like, tell me what I can do. I, I mean, he was trying to be, you know, a leader. But, man, I could you could not have seen a bigger, more disinterested group of guys when their quarterback was talking than what was on the sidelines there in Washington. I mean, Haskins was clearly trying to, you know, motivate, was trying to be a leader. You know, he was basically pleading with them, guys, tell me what the hell we need to, tell me what you need for me. To, but man, uh, body language, Dane, is is everything. And man, the body language was like, shut up, Rook, get the hell out of the way. You know what I mean? It was like they could not be bothered with him, which I think is... Oh, that's a big pro- – that might be the bigger problem than anything else that that team has there is a total disconnect and a lack of respect for each other. I mean, yeah, they're one in nine. You know, yeah. talking about lack of respect, they had an uh, they had a all-pro offensive lineman at the beginning of the season show obvious yeah. mistrust for the medical staff, and it was well-founded. The man had cancer. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. they've gone through, what, two or three quarterbacks. I mean, it's a yep. dumpster fire. They don't, you know, ownership is a problem there as well. And I think you're right. They're like, yeah, all right, whatever, kid. We know you're absolutely yep. not ready to read the yeah. damn playbook. <laughs> exactly. You know, why don't you go back in there and study for a little bit? But this is going like, to be a problem dude, my, for a while. My check's already in direct deposit, dude. And it's an like, interim I don't, coach. I just... It's not like they're trying to impress their new coach either. You know what I mean? Gabe Morency has that saying at this point of the year, for what and for whom? There's yeah. not a lot on either side because for whom that ain't gonna be the head coach. For what I, they're gonna be one and nine. So it's what's it gonna and be? you know what I, I feel bad for him because that's not an environment that you know he's Cultivates gonna grow and develop he's gonna, sure. <laughs> it's I mean really what are you doing? You're setting this kid back. You know him. I have news for you. Dwayne Haskins and Josh Rosen are gonna be two guys, Dane. I think for the next couple of years we're gonna talk about where. I don't know how good they could have been. Don't know. One yeah. ended up in Arizona. The other one ended up in the Redskins. Well, maybe they know. get a quarterback whisperer next yeah. year. <laughs> you can have them. Do you want them? You can you take can have ours. Them. <laughs> you can take mine. <laughs> Please, he's yours. He's yours. You can give crap him. Our- 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Um, I don't know, Dane, if uh, if you saw this, but uh, of course you did. I mean, the captain is nominated. Uh, yeah. For the Baseball Writers Association, uh, Derek Jeter. Uh, list of uh, 20, I believe. We got uh, 32 names total, 14 returners, 18 newbies. And Derek Jeter, of course, uh, is the head of that list. There are some other guys on this list to be com- completely, for, uh, you know, Sure. Dude, who, <laughs> Chone Figgins, like, like J.J. Boots, like what, really? Like Raphael Forcal, I mean, sure. good players in the day. Heath Bell, like what? Like I, I think I, there's yeah. some formula, though. I think it's like anyone who had like a 13-year career or right, have a certain yeah, amount. Right. Like they get on the ballot, and that's why it happens every year. I, I laugh at it. a lot of these people. I get and it. that's why if you don't get something like 5%, you just are dropped off automatically, and that yes. happens every year. But it is funny to see some of the names that go out there. You're like, so I'm uh, laughing. I'm like, oh, I remember him. Oh, I, right. I mean, that's not what you should be doing when you're talking about Hall of Famers. Like, oh, yeah. Like, do you remember exactly. him? Oh, Listen, yeah. All of Fame is very simple. For me, at least, Joe. And maybe we <laughs> could go through it one day. But if when the name, if you say that person's name, if mm-hmm. my reaction isn't immediately, oh, yeah, they're a Hall of Famer, then yeah. the answer is no. Period. Yeah. If you have to debate it, if you have to think about it, if you have to make the case, the answer is no. These should yep. be knee-jerk reaction. Oh, yeah. Like, Derek Jeter. Yes. Bang. That's it. You know what I mean? If you got to think about it, you almost do word association. You almost have to do word association. And depending on the adjective you come up with will depend on really whether or not that that person is in how you feel about them. But all of this is a load of crap. I mean, listen, Derek, congratulations. You should get in. There's always going to be those one or two dudes who, you know, can't, uh, you know, can't can't vote for you for whatever reason. But unless Bonds and Clemens are in this damn thing, I don't care. Like, I don't want to know unless you get two of the greatest guys in there where they deserve to be without any bull crap. Um, and nothing else you guys do can ever be taken seriously, especially from the Baseball Writers Association of America. Yeah, because Lord knows they don't hold grudges. The all-time home run king, not there. Yeah. Strikeout yeah. king, not there. Oh, and by the oh. way, the all-time hits king isn't in there either, Joe. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, hour two coming up here. Megan Rain on the grid, sportsgrid.com. <laughs> 